Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. Hello, everyone. I am Corey Andrew Powell, and I am joined today by Michael J. McFall, co-CEO and co-founder at Big B Coffee and author of the book, Grind, a no BS approach to take your business from concept to cash flow. Over the years, of course, Mike has gone from a minimum wage earning barista to building a company with over 300 stores in nine states. Mike, welcome to Motivational Mondays. Thanks, Corey. Glad to be here. Thank you, sir. We're glad you're here as well. And just to begin, I mean, I gave a little synopsis there, but let's just start with why you wrote your book, Grind. And by the way, I said BS because I had to kind of, you know, kind of make it G-rated, but you really go there with this title. So tell me uh, why you wrote the book. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been doing this for a long time. I spent a lot of time reading. I love to read. And I really felt like there was a void in the world in terms of a book written by somebody who, you know, most uh, books on entrepreneurship or business startup are, are written by one of two folks. It's either uh, academics who are studying entrepreneurs, or it's the uber successful entrepreneur who's flying around in the private jet looking back at startups through rose colored glasses. And so what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to capture and, and, and really put into, into words the essence of what it feels like, the things that I think are important from a mentality perspective to be successful as an entrepreneur when I'm still doing it. You know, and, and, and my business is about supporting people and building their own businesses because I'm a franchise company. So, so that, that was really the rationale behind, behind the books. I really wanted to capture the essence of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, as you just mentioned, you do it from a very approachable place. That's what I've learned from how you're approaching it. Because as you said, you're not like the guy flying over with like the, the Learjet looking down and kind of patting himself on the back and going, here's what I did. And you can do it too for just, you know, whatever, you know, that sort of like $9.99 a month, I'll teach you how to do it too. You know, you're not doing that. You're sort of like, I guess what we say, like the, the everyman CEO, which is really just sort of like finding philosophies that work, that uh, build integrity and allows you to interact with others with integrity. And that sort of yields the success. That's kind of how I assessed what you're doing. Listen, I'm not special. I'm a normal kid from, from a rural town in Michigan, I, you know, and, but, you know, there's some fundamental things that somehow I got wired into me that I think work really well in relation to business startup. And, and, and so I, that's the stuff I want to share. It's not rocket science, you know, like you look at my history, I'm never going to blow anybody away with my innate intelligence, <laughs> right? But to me, entrepreneurship and business startup is so much about just sort of fundamental attitudes and perspectives that I think are critical to being successful. And that's what I, that's the stuff I try to convey in the book. Yes, of course. But you know, it's interesting you mentioned like intelligence, because even that is one of those really subjective terms I find, right? Because it's, you know, we can say, well, intelligence means you're going to do this IQ test, the same one we gave to Einstein, you know, a hundred years ago. And if you fail it, you're an idiot, right? That's not really intelligence because I would argue to go from a minimum wage earning barista to now 
a co-CEO of a company that's worth $200 million and franchised. There's a great amount of intelligence that happens there, but I think it's, you're right. It has to be anchored in how you're applying what you know, the intelligence, right? I think that is the difference. Yeah. And, and to me, attitude and perspective are way more important than you know, being a good mechanical engineer or being a good software developer in terms of entrepreneurship. You know, in fact, I might argue that being a, a great mechanical engineer or software developer might inhibit your ability to be uh, uh, some of the things that you learn, some of the disciplines you learn to be those could get in your way. And so, but I think attitude and perspective uh, is everything. Yeah. You know, that's a great point too, um, not to harp on that, but I have learned from my own I would say missteps sometimes and also things with uh, friends I've noticed. We can sometimes be far too cerebral in our approach to something, right? And not letting that organic moment happen where you figure things out or maybe uh, welcome other people into the thought process to help you work things out. And so you definitely have a a people first perspective, I would say, and how you run business. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some of those philosophies. And one of them, uh, well, there's there's three that I think kind of work together. Be brave, be humble, be thoughtful. And when I read those, I thought they are all sort of synonymous. But but just share a little bit about your perspective on what that means to you as a successful CEO. Well, you know, the be brave and be humble to launch into your own your own enterprise, to start a business, to be an entrepreneur, really, you know, to do anything sort of uh, significant in the world, you you have to be brave, right? Like it it's it is it's a leap of faith, and you have to have confidence. And you know, still still today, I, I think of things that we're doing and things that we're up to, and you know, we're twenty twenty seven years into this program, and and it still takes an enormous amount of bravery. You know, still the decisions that we're making, the things that we want to accomplish, you know, the humility thing. That to me is really about never being arrogant enough to think that you know the answer. And I've got a great story. We have a franchise owner who owns 63 Wendy's hamburger joints. It's a massive company, right? He became a, a, a franchisee of ours. And I'll never forget one one day he was he was in our building and he was huffing and puffing, going up the stairs, grinding away, going up the stairs. And I ran into him. And so I wanted to catch up with him. I want to say hi and talk to him. And he was like, I can't got to keep going because he was worried he was going to be late for his training class. And that right there, here he is. He's going to a training class to learn how to run a coffee shop. This is somebody who's built 63 Wendy's stores. That person would, I think, be (laughs) typically comfortable, confident, maybe arrogant enough to think that they don't have to go through some training program. And and that, that level of humility to me was just inspiring and astonishing that he was he wasn't going to be late to that class because that wasn't fair. That wasn't, it, it showed humility, right? And so, um, but again, arrogance gets in the way of learning because if you, if you think you know the answer, I mean, how many times have you just been shocked by, by something that rolls through your world that you weren't thinking about and you learned some unbelievable lesson? And if you weren't, if you weren't humble enough to be open to that experience, then you would miss it. Yeah, that is so true. And our CEO, he speaks about that with a personal example. And I find a common denominator often with other successful CEOs. They all have that in common. There's like, it was almost like an aha moment that happened for them whenever it was and whatever the situation where they realized the whole idea of how we're sort of trained to be the smartest person in the room 
in a way, since we're, you know, since we can walk, that's actually not what you should be doing. You know, it should be about more or less engaging the other people in the room to come along with you to share in your vision, to have conversation, collaboration. No man is an island. And that is so funny. You're just, you're, you're another CEO who just solidifies that as a common denominator in successful business owners. To me, that's a, a really fascinating topic. And, and what I would suggest, the only caveat I would suggest on what you were saying there is that when you go into the, to the room, the objective is not to get the room aligned with your vision as the leader. The objective is to get the group to contribute to a vision that everybody is buying into that you as well support. Because what I find oftentimes in leadership is it's about going into a room and trying to get everyone lined up with what you want as if you know the answer. Mm. And see, that to me is an, is, is an arrogant position. If you walk into the room and it's only about getting people aligned with you, what you want, you're assuming that you know the correct answer to the problem or to right. the issue. And so anyway, to me, that's sort of the next level of, of leadership is to understand that when you walk into that room, you don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And I would say too, yeah, that's a great point. And I think, and then the response for someone to understand that is to then say, I'm in the position where I can find people who know those answers, right? Building that team. And that's what my, it's so funny this weekend, I was helping my mother, like she's literally cleaning out like a house that she's owned for 25 years that she's not really been in. And it's got like 25 years of stuff in it. And it's like five bedrooms and it's like crazy. And I was helping her with it. And I hired all these people to help her get stuff out. And for, my mom's like, I couldn't believe you knew how to do all that stuff. I said, I don't know how to do it. I just write a mean check, mom. Okay. <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? I, I found this, I need this stuff removed. I need this, but I know what we need to get this house cleaned out so we can list it. And that's what I had to do. So I, I totally relate to that. Now, I think I made a little bit of a, a snafu. So I actually be aware was its own thing and you've already covered be humble. But what I thought, actually what I thought made sense as a, as a unit was be humble, be thoughtful and be aware of others. I've, and we just pretty much covered that, right? I, I find that those three are the same, the same, they're synonymous, I really feel. Agree. Yeah. And one of my favorites is the final one I want to touch on, which is, and I've talked about this a lot, and I had to learn to do it because we're so often um, trying to be someone else to appease others. But the be yourself is one of the greatest and most simplistic pieces of advice I think I've ever come across. And you also subscribe to that, that philosophy. So please tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that. That's a big one. Uh, you know, but really what what it is, is that if you are in, let's say, in our, our proverbial room that we're referencing, if you're in that room and you are trying to figure out who you're supposed to be in relation to that event or the other people in that room, you're spending a lot of time trying to contemplate who you need to be as opposed to just showing up as yourself with your own experiences and your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that many people, I would say most people in environments, they show up with an understanding that they need to be something. And I think to me, there's so much energy spent trying to figure out that equation mm -hmm. 
when if we just showed up as ourselves and gave a hundred percent of our energy to what's going on in the room, what we're trying to do, I think we would all be more powerful. And it lends itself into um, this, this idea of leadership is you're responsible for creating an environment where people don't need to try to solve the puzzle of who they're supposed to be in that room. All they're supposed to do is show up, bring themselves, bring the genius that they have to that room so that you can all work together and move forward. But that's a big part of leadership is getting rid of this facade that, that people are trying to figure out who they're supposed to be. And it, and it happens all the time, I think. Yeah, I think if you're so focused on trying to be who you think people expect you to be, you're like, you're right, you're not present in the moment. So you can't possibly even really comprehend what's really happening, right? Because you're too busy going, well, what do they think of me? What do they think of how I'm talking? Am I talking too fast? Am I, you know, you're, you're, you're in your own head, right? And you're missing out on all the nuances of the situation. And it's a safe place that needs to be created where people can just show up and not have to worry about that stuff. But that's the responsibility of leadership is to create that safe space that people can just show up in. Now, you I mean, you know this now, all these wonderful anecdotes. I mean, you're like, of course, you're like, you know, you're Mr. Miyagi, like Yoda of like the business <laughs> at this point in your life. You know what I mean? But it took you like, what, 23 years? Karate kid, that is high I praise. Mean, I'm telling you, Mr. Miyagi, you know, you are like Mr. Miyagi slash Yoda of the <laughs> the entrepreneurial Holy world. smokes, I'm taking that one home to my kids tonight. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. That should be like your next, like your next coffee blend for high performance individuals. Um, but I really think though, of course, it took you a long time to get to this point. I mean, you had to live this first. So I do want to go back a little bit and I'm sure it's a much more, um, deserving story to try to squeeze it into a few minutes. But I am curious to know if you can share like that journey of how did you go from the minimum wage earning barista to where you are now as a co-CEO of the company? One, I've always been really inspired by the act and art of um, visioning. And so people will ask me, is, is this a surprise what's happening for you? Did you expect to be here? And I think I kind of catch people off guard when I say, yeah, yeah, I, I did expect to be here. This is not a surprise. This is where I wanted to be and, and, and this is what I wanted to be doing. And so that to me, the most powerful thing any of us can learn how to do is the vision and to create a future reality that you want to be within and then live into that reality. And, and I, I mean, I could talk about visioning for for a month. Right. But, but to me, that was, it's always, I've always wanted to do something inspiring. I always wanted, I knew I always wanted to do more than just be a manager of a business too. And that's a lot about the book writing and the teaching and mm -hmm. so on. And, and so um, that, that's one piece of it. I think the other thing is just a, a steadfast focus. <laughs> and that's that piece when I say like, like, I'm not, I'm not a very smart guy, but you know what? I'm, I'm kind of, almost so dumb that I won't give up, right? <laughs> that I'll just keep plotting forward day in and day out and trying to do the right things and getting kicked in the head and, you know, rolling around and getting back up and, you know, dusting right. off and moving forward. So to me, people give up too soon. Mm. People give up way too soon. And I see it all the time in my business, you yeah. know, where and it's like, it's like it, things take time and you've got to stay focused. You got to stay engaged. And time is, you know, 
I look at time now, really, honestly, Corey, I look at time in increments of five years. That's the way time feels to me, yeah. right? So, you know, I don't look at next month or even the end of the year. I'm really thinking about where this whole thing, where I want everything to be in five years. So those are the two things. It's, it's, it's like living in that future and then in your day to day, just, you know, being just a, a, you know, an elephant walking through, you know, just, just continuing to put one foot in front of the other. Sure. No matter what hits you, you just keep going forward. And though, to me, those are, Focus and, and perseverance, uh, those are the things that I think are, are kind of how we got to where we are today. Now, I do want to ask you about your, your grind score. You've come up with this concept called the grind score. So tell me a little bit about that. Honestly, it was like a, a, a labor of, of love during COVID. You know, I had, I had a lot of time here in my studio by myself. And so, but I, I really like this idea of putting together a, a series of questions that people could go through and answer and then, and then they could get feedback in relation to their specific answer. And it wasn't about, can you be a successful entrepreneur or not? When you get to the end, uh, there's a score. Yes. And then if you, if you're willing to give us your email, then I'll give you a detailed analysis of each one of your answers. And so if you, and they're all uh, on a scale of one to 10, the answers. And so if you rate this question a seven, then I've got a really detailed answer in relation to that seven. And what it was about was, I wanted people to consider certain things before or even if they are entrepreneurs today or before they, be, they, they set off on a venture to to think through what are the things that they need to be doing or thinking about, in my opinion, to be successful in this. So, for example, a question is, how likely are you to talk to somebody on a plane? And, and it's, an, it's sort of a out there kind of question. Like, what does that have to do with entrepreneurship? The great entrepreneurs I know are unbelievable promoters. And they would sit down on an airplane and they would want to talk to you about their business. They would want to talk to you about what they have going on. And, and so like that, that's an example. Uh, you know, were you a good student is another question. And I actually think being a good student is a negative to becoming a successful entrepreneur. And so, yeah, you can't, you can't have failed out of school, but if you're so conformist that you're willing to do everything it takes to get straight A's, then I'm not sure that's the mentality that that works well at being an entrepreneur because there's nothing conformist about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So yeah. those are examples of two of the questions. It's meant to be fun too. <laughs> you know, I, I try to be a little funny in it. Uh, I'm not sure it comes across that well, but uh, that was the grind score, uh, the grindscore.com. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, I think it's fun. And then each question I do like a minute, minute and a half, two minute video talking about my perspective on that question. So it's like, cause they're, a few different personality assessment platforms out there. I know Gallup does one and there's like this, you know, there's a, there's a few. So basically it's a, it's a personality assessment. So what you're saying is people don't have to necessarily be an entrepreneur or business um, or pursuing being a business owner in any way. They can take this as almost like a personality assessment. Is that I, I would think so, but just, you know, be prepared. There's, there's not like research behind this. <laughs> right. There's no like McFall data, no like McFall Institute data going into this. No, but again, it was, it's really the, the point is to start a conversation. And really it's no one, no one is the perfect entrepreneur. And we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And, and the point is let's identify some of the weak areas so that, that you can find the support you need to bolster yourself in those areas. Let's find your strengths and then allow you to leverage those. 
Yeah. And so that was really the conversation I was trying to start. That's amazing. I love that. Such a great poignant way to end the conversation because it just boils down to being dedicated and, and having a vision and sticking to it, which is a life lesson for everyone that translates in business, I think, and in life. So Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's been awesome. And I can't wait for our audience to check out this podcast episode. Cool. Thanks, Corey. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.